welcome to this episode of Callie and Craig Talk. I'm Callie. And I'm Craig. And today we have a super special guest. We have author Trayvon Malik Roach Carter with us, one of our super special, amazing Deep Hearts YA authors. Welcome to the show, Trey. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're so excited. Hey, so I have to start the show with this. Congratulations are in order for you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So tell us what happened. I feel like you have some exciting news to share with people. Yes. Uh, just recently, like within the last day or so, um, I was offered a contract publication from DreamSphere, another one of your imprints. Um, so I have another book coming uh, in the fantasy YA sphere. Um, it's very exciting. <laughs> so excited. Yeah, we're so excited. So now we'll have you with Deep Hearts YA and we'll have you with DreamSphere. Yes. Yes. I'm super excited. So my first question, we're going to keep things pretty relaxed with you because I personally have a lot of questions that uh, just from following you on Instagram, I have tons of questions. So, but I also want people at home to know all about the cool stuff that you're doing that I already know because I got an inside look at your interview that you did for our D Parts YA newsletter. So I got to see all kinds of cool stuff about you, but we should let everyone at home know too. Yes. Sounds good? Yeah. All right. So I am going to start. Um, at what point, if you can remember, did you decide to be an author? Yeah. Um, from my memory, I think that was about seventh grade. Um, my friends were getting this book from the library and they were reading it and they were really loving it. And I decided I was going to check it out, see how I felt. And I, just like them, became obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, that book was Maximum Ride by James Patterson. Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. I've read it. It's It was a fantastic series. It had me in a chokehold. <laughs> I was just like, I really want to make people feel the way I'm feeling when I'm reading this. Um, I, I think like that's that. where it started for me in my memory. Um, my grandmother will t say that it happened long before that. Um, she's <laughs> have been writing things since I was little, um, but I just don't have any memory of that. Oh, but grandma does. And I bet she's right. Did yeah. she tell you all the stuff that, did she have anything that you wrote when you were little? Uh, no, she just says she remembers me like writing little plays and scenes and making my sister act them out, which oh sounds- Oh my gosh, that's, a, that's adorable. Do you think you would write plays one day? Would you be interested I... in that? I was going down that um, down that track for a little while. Um, I was acting in like high school, and I was like, oh. I thought my career path was going to take me in the director writer route. Mm -hmm. um, um, just books always kept pulling me back. Yeah, yeah. I did drama in high school too. I love acting. Acting is so fun. Like it's so. I don't have time for it now, yeah. but like, but it's so fun. And I, I think that there are a lot of similarities between screenwriting and writing books and stuff. So I, I would be interested. I bet that you would be good at that, based on what I've seen of your writing. I bet you would be really good at that. I, Maybe later on. Yeah, I really love the idea of like writing for TV. Mm -hmm. um, never opposed to that if that opportunity were to come around okay well we're putting it it's out hard, there it's a hard field to break into but um yeah always yeah, for, sure. for sure um so the next question here is tell us which book that you've written is your favorite and 
I will give you full permission. It does not have to be the one that we publish. So if oh, your yeah, other books sure. are your favorite, totally fine. Yeah, we're totally fine with that. That is a really hard question. <laughs> <laughs> it is because we're making a choose between like, I don't know about you, but my characters are like my babies. So yeah. like you're making me choose between my kids and it's not cool, but we're still going to ask you to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Okay, I feel like there's two. I feel like there's two answers to this, which that's fine. You can give them both. Then you can give them both. You can give them both. So, I recently, um, I think it was published last year. I wrote a collection of short stories called Her Daughters, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a collection of uh, nonfiction short stories based on three generations of women in my family. Um, So that whole project was just really close and personal. Help me to get to like know the women in my family a little bit better and like really connect to family history some that I already knew and some that I didn't know so just that whole project was like really close to the heart yeah Uh, um so I think that is answer number one Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then answer number two the project that um was just accepted by Dreamsphere uh it's called Bryn's Virtues currently but that name might change during the yeah yeah. Um, yeah. It um, there's a lot of moments in there that are like really tender and emotional. Mm. That kind of surprised me when I was writing them, and I think back to those like scenes and paragraphs a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And I just very fondly think of them. Don't so, you love that? I yeah. love that feeling so much. I love when I read, and I'm not a very poetic writer. Like I will just, I've said that to plenty of people before. Like I, I just don't, I think I can tell a good story, but I'm just not very poetic. Like, I don't know that there's going to be many quotes that people are going to pull and be like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard, but they might still get goosebumps from it. Cause they're like, oh, I really like, I felt that, you know what I mean? And I love going back and reading something like a scene I wrote that gives me like the goosebumps. It makes me so happy. So I can totally relate to that. Yeah, that was a good answer. Two answers are always acceptable. For sure. For sure. I, I kind of thought your first answer was going to be or her daughters. Her daughters. Her daughters. Yes. Yeah, because I could tell that was an important project to you. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. That's really, it's really sweet too. Um, okay. Now, put you on the spot here. No, I'm just kidding. It's really not a hard question. I promise. I promise. Um, I want to talk about the Aziza Chronicles just a little bit. Um, for anyone who's not familiar with that, could you tell the listeners a little bit about that book? Because I love everything that you said in the newsletter about the book. And I think that everyone deserves to hear that. So first of all, if after you listen to this, Trey's newsletter is going to be out on the 19th, the Departs YA newsletter, and you can read all about that. Um, but if you're not, then I'm going to have him tell you right now about the book. I have, so, sorry to interrupt, but I've heard so much about this interview already, and I've not seen it. Like, I'm looking forward to the newsletter. So there's your sales pitch. I've been um, bragging about it, okay? Because I... Like Craig and I, I know like I'm, people are probably so tired of hearing me talk about it, but Craig and I are together like all day and I have been nonstop with like, I'm like, oh, Trey did this. Oh, Trey, you have to see what Trey did. Trey did his like, and so yeah, he's heard a lot about your interview. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure he's excited too. <laughs> so go ahead and tell us about the Aziza Chronicles. Yeah. Um. So the Aziza Chronicles, it's a fantasy YA um, about a young 
a young black girl who was raised by her single mother. And she uh, discovers that the father she never knew belongs to this race of mythological African warriors. And she's inherited magical powers from him mm -hmm. simultaneously being chosen by this race of people called the Aziza to be their guardian against evil. So she is now suddenly thrown into the supernatural world and she has to use her new powers to fight off demonic forces all while there is an unseen entity working in the background trying to manipulate her into using her newfound powers for to enact an apocalyptic prophecy. Um, so that's the, the gist of what it's about. Dope. It's so cool. <laughs> so cool. Oh my God. I think people should buy, I think people will buy the books just from that. You don't even have to say anything else. What else do you have to say? Like, that was really good. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Listen, I'm going to say this. Craig and I were looking for some stuff to read recently. And if I would have seen that, I, well, we've already read it, but if I hadn't read it before, like that would be, that would have been it. I mean, mm -hmm. come on, Trey. Like how, you knew it was good when you said that, right? Like you, you practiced that. Cause that was. Yeah. Really that was good. like a sales pitch and 50 words or less. That was good. I mean, a lot of, um, I've been, I've been working on that for a long time. Like the yeah. book itself. And in that is pitching the book. Yeah. Uh, you I, could give lessons on that, what you just did. Okay. <laughs> I'm being serious with you. Like that, that is hard. What you just did was hard. And you, Trey does not have a script and Trey did not know any of these questions that I was going to ask him, by the way, for people at home. He had no idea. He's come into this completely blind and he just answered that. He didn't look at his computer. He didn't look at anything. He's looking straight at the camera at Craig and I and just did that right off the cuff, which I'm thoroughly impressed. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's really just, it's repetition. Like, um, yeah when you're pitching it um that that pitch is a lot shorter mm -hmm. um and i think after the book is actually a thing you can hold in your hand you can lengthen it um so i've just i like always pitching to like bookstores or yeah. I'll friends and they're like oh my god my friend trey he wrote a book let him tell you about it and then i'm like oh i guess i have to talk about this <laughs> yeah um so it's just like it's 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 in yeah the <laughs> God, well, I don't want to dork out about you too much, but God, that was real <laughs> cool. So for anyone at home that's a new author, that's how it's done. What he just did is how it's done. That's how you sell a book. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And also, I know we talked about this before, but I have to ask you now because on your Instagram story, what's well, not on your stories now, it's an older reel. Um, but you're on this swing in this one reel, and that swing is so freaking cute. Whose swing is that? Where was the swing? Because it looks so magical, like you were in fairyland or something. That was, I don't remember the name of the place now. But it was this arcade bar in San Francisco. Oh, uh, yeah. So I the like bottom floor was like all decked out with these arcade games, and then like I think there was like two bars, and then upstairs it was like flowers and clouds and unicorns and that swing. It oh was God. atmospheric place. I think that video was taken after my graduation ceremony. Mm -hmm. Like COVID messed up a lot of things, but yeah. It, one of the things that messed up was having a graduation ceremony. So yeah. I, a few years later, my school 
put on a like makeup ceremony uh-huh. uh, still in town so I did that and then some friends and I went out to the bar after I think that was one of the bars we went to if I remember correctly someone that... might be like that's not the bar we went to that night but <laughs> Oh, well, they're not here. So. They're not here. They'll correct you later on. You'll get the message later on. Hey, but you know what? That's how you know who listened to the podcast. Yeah. Is if they correct you, then you're like, yeah, I know you listen, right? <laughs> you, you'll know then. I went on the swing the other night at the beach for the first time. And like, I don't even know. It was like 20 years or something. And I was so freaking happy, Trey. I love a swing. Honest to God. Like, I have not been on a swing in so long. It was so fun. One of those joys you forget about in adulthood. But, like, mm-hmm. all love them as kids. Yeah. You, just, you don't have access to them and they just leave your No. Home. But, like, where I live, there's um there's a park by the beach. And I always, we always go, to, like, we often go to the beach, like, at, in the evening. Like, we'll go to just walk a little bit. Um, I don't do it that much anymore. But... <laughs> Um, before I worked with Craig, I was going to the beach <laughs> pretty much every evening and walking on the beach. Um, but the park that's there, there's always kids there. And obviously I'm not going to be like a jerk and take a swing from a kid. But so the other night, finally, there was no one there. And my kids were like, mom, you want to go on the swings? And I was like, yes. So I like ran over and got on the swings. And I was so freaking happy. It was like the, it was like the greatest thing ever. I, I wish I had a swing set in my backyard now. Now I'm like kind of questioning whether we get a swing set or not. I say go for it. Yeah, maybe. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. I don't know. We also have like a, pres- a nature preserve behind our house. And there are like bobcats and um, coyotes and stuff. So, I mean, I'm not of the mind that like a bobcat is going to come after me. Like, I'm not afraid because I do think like, you know, they're going to stay where they are and I'm going to stay where I am. But I don't have like a written contract from the bobcat that says he's not going to attack me. So I don't know if I'm that comfortable with that. You know what I mean? That is an understandable worry, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And the coyotes, too. You know, the coyotes might get a little hungry. I don't know. Not really sure. So I, I think the swing set probably not, but maybe, maybe one day. <laughs> I have to say, with a beach nearby and a nature preserve, it sounds like you live in a very lovely area. I do. I really do. Um, thank you. We actually um we moved to Tennessee and we thought that that was gonna be like the best ever. Cause I don't know, Tennessee is beautiful. It really is. It's just a different culture, but we missed the beach. Like the beach is just, there's something super calming about the beach for us that like, if I'm super stressed out, Trey, like if I just feel like overwhelmed, like I just asked my husband if we can just go to the beach and just, it sounds like cliche, but like just a couple minutes, like sitting by the water and listening to the ocean and just like taking it all in. And you realize like how small you are. It's just like something about that. Just like brings you right back around so yeah I can relate I feel the same way I remember on a family vacation uh we went on a cruise once Mm -hmm. uh, me and my cousin we went on a walk around the deck and we were looking out and you see nothing but water there's no Mm -hmm. oh my god I love this this is like peace this is serene Mm -hmm. like this is my moment and mm-hmm. she's like this is terrifying i hate this i need to see land and know that okay and it was just very two opposites <laughs> well craig i'm trying i have been trying to sell craig on the beach since we became friends because craig had zero desire to go to the, beach, the beach whatsoever. hate the yeah. beach 
But, but to be fair, <laughs> I'm talking about Canadian prairie beaches, which are completely different than like ocean beaches. Um, because we've Callie and I have talked about the bugs. Like there's a couple of weeks in the summer in Manitoba where you're in completely swarmed by fish flies. So if you don't know what a fish fly is, you can Google it. Just imagine about a thousand, you no, know, more like ten thousand of them oh. on the beach on the one day that you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I have bad memories. Yeah. I can also understand that. I mm -hmm. buys bugs, especially me too. Yeah. Me too. And that was the thing, Trey, about Tennessee was that we didn't know that there were these things called stink bugs. Have you ever heard of those? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh my God. We don't have those here where I live. But when we moved, when we moved to Tennessee, like as soon as we got there, there were like we got there at night. Like, so like the moving truck got there at night and we pulled in and like the lights were on. There were all these bugs, like, like flying all over the place. And so like, I'm whacking them with the shoe. Right. And then like the neighbor comes over. Cause you know, people from Tennessee are very help helpful. And so they came over and, and they were like, Hey, don't hit those things. And I was like, what? And they were like, they, if you hit them, like the stuff that comes out of their bodies calls the rest of them over. So you're just drawing them in. And I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do? And they were like, shoo them away or vacuum them up. And I'm like, vacuum them up. So like for two years, my husband and I are like vacuuming these freaking oh. bugs, whenever they would come around and they came around all the time. It was crazy. It was crazy. Um, and also gnats. Like gnats are really common in Tennessee. And that was something I was not prepared for because I'm like you, like I do not like bugs. I cannot. And so like when we had the furniture moving in, like people were leaving the front door open and anytime people came over, they would leave the front door open. And like the front door of my house is open. I'm like, dude, you got to close the door here. What the hell? And plus I'm used to living in like hot and heat. So we also don't want to let the AC out, which that's not something in Tennessee you have to worry about really mostly. But still, there's freaking like bugs coming in. So we had a, the pest control guy there, Trey. And I'm like, well, there's gnats all over the place. And he's like, well, what do you want me to do about it? I'm like, I don't want the gnats in the house. And he's like, well, you just ignore them. I'm like, I can't ignore gnats in my house. And then there was ladybugs too. Like I thought like ladybugs are pretty and they're cute. And like, you're like, oh, it's a cute little ladybug. Bullshit. Go to Tennessee and there's like 50 of them inside your house. They're not so cute anymore. No, I would not be able to deal with that. <laughs> no. So Callie was out. I was like, <laughs> we're out. We're not sitting here anymore. That and the snow. I, I also don't like, I can't do the winter. Like this is really nice. This was a really nice winter being back home. Because now, like, we have sun 24-7. I don't have to worry about it. But the snow looks pretty when Craig sends it to me. I just don't want to drive in it. Yeah, I really like the winter and the snow. I don't like feeling the cold. Um, yeah. Like, I have that while being comfortable. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But it's pretty to look at. Like, we had a white Christmas when we were in there, and that was really pretty. But, like... That was it. That was the extent. Like, I was like, cool, like the week of Christmas, let's have it. And then December 26th, can we just like go away, go back to normal? So that's, that's how I felt. And I guess we should go back to asking yeah, you more so questions. Like, to back up about two hours. Um, oh so you told God. us about Sassy! <laughs> you told us about the Aziza Chronicles. So let's back up a little bit further from that. Where did where or how did that first idea come about that's that spark that always 
like I'm sure you can relate. You get that spark and you're like, oh my God, I need to write this. So can you bring us back to that point? Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, at first, these user chronicles looked wildly different than what it is now. Um, so I guess I could, should start there. Um, I was really inspired by two shows that um, I really liked. One was Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the mm. other was Teen Wolf. <laughs> and they're both just really like A plus on this like ensemble cast and then like this really expansive supernatural world where like everything kind of coexists together um, and it all just like feels very consistent and cohesive and I just really loved that idea. So I wanted to do something along those lines. Um, so when I started writing these user chronicles, I was really drawing inspiration from just the way the things I liked about those shows. And um, I was writing in a place that um, wasn't really me at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was really, it was not like this Afrocentric kind of like uh, African mythology based thing. I was writing mm -hmm. like fairies, like the Fae. Mm -hmm. and, um, justice was white and there was no there was no Africa there's no anything um and then so that's really where it started mm -hmm. and, and I kind of struggled to like finish it but I was mm -hmm. like writing it I would stop I would go back to it it was like it took years mm -hmm. and one day I was, was when I was in college I went to school for writing so I was reading a lot more than I ever really did just because you know, when you're studying writing, you read other writers, like that's mm -hmm. those textbooks or novels, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, and I, we started reading uh, Nettie Okorafor and she really just writes with Black people in mind. Her, mm -hmm. all of her work is like either in Africa or like inspired by Africa or just mm -hmm. like Black in general. And I really loved the way I felt when I was reading her books. Oh, I love that. I was like, I can do this. Like, this is something I can do. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm not doing this. I don't know why it took me so long to realize that mm -hmm. this is probably what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. So I reworked, um, I think it was just called the Justice Montgomery Chronicles at that point, but I reworked it and then it became these user chronicles. Um, and it really took off from there. I was like really writing it. And then I had finished it. And then I kind of sat back and looked at it and I was writing this story and it was black. It was Afrocentric. It was this beautiful thing. Um, but it was this girl in a love triangle with two guys. And I was like, there's a part of me that's still not here. Weird. Mm -hmm. so I mm -hmm. took out one of those guys and like remade the character um, to a girl. And then I sort of re- inserted her into the dynamic and then yeah that's i feel like that deviated from the question of where the idea came from no it oh, didn't no, it didn't fine. that was completely yeah, organic that is, yeah that is the answer because and yeah. it's interesting that i mean i've certainly had this myself i start writing a project but i'm not true to myself and i'm not true to the story and so i struggle but then when you latch on to oh this is me and the book this is what i want to tell in the book and this is true to the story that's where it takes off. And that's where the strongest writing comes from. Mm -hmm.
Yep. I love that so much that you found like the personal connection and then the story like came alive for you again. Like, cause you said like you were struggling and you were stuck and then like you, you put yourself in it and then you, I, I love that so much. Like the way you explained that is so that's the best part of writing. That was really, really cool. Thank you. Thank you. I, I just want to ask you questions all day. You just make people happy answering questions. <laughs> um, Okay, but I do have like more author questions, but I also have some other questions. I got to look at the time. How long have I had? We can jump around if you want. I am definitely going to jump around. Yeah, yeah, I am going to. Okay, so because I got some stuff here because I do talk to you on Instagram through your stories because you post stuff and I'm like, oh my God, what is your life? Because <laughs> you post the coolest stuff sometimes. So for anyone who does not follow Trey, you should be following Trey on Instagram because Trey will make you just don't follow Trey when you're hungry. Like do not watch his stories when you're hungry because Trey was like the best food ever all the time, mm -hmm. like all the time. And anyway, you live in New York City now, right? So where were you born though? I was born in California. I was born in the mm -hmm. Central Valley. So just like the smack dab middle of nowhere in California. Mm -hmm. I grew up in the Central Valley uh, basically my whole life. And then I went to school in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I was there for about five-ish years. And then I moved to New York last year. How do you like it there? I like it a lot. I think I'm a city person yeah. uh, for the most part. Um, I think like town life has its charms and I will miss aspects of it. But I think my heart will always take me back to a city. Like yeah? Yeah. So was that like, is it like a big adjustment for you though? Because I mean, in New York City, like the last time, I, I mean, most people don't drive there. You're just taking taxis and subways all the time, no? Yeah. I, I mean, luckily for me, I was in San Francisco before. and it's So you were of, used to it. Yeah, I never, I never felt the need to learn how to drive. Um, so which was probably why cities also work for me just because yeah i love to walk i'm a huge walker if the if i'm not punched for time and the distance is like under 40 minutes i will walk instead of hopping on a train or a bus man uh, good for you <laughs> and i am then, so lazy <laughs> <laughs> i just think it's like really i don't know i can as if, as long as i know where i'm going i can just allow myself to like go on autopilot and just get like lost in the thoughts or yeah or the nice scenery and see new things that i wouldn't see if i was on the train or the bus that's true yeah but you know sometimes that happens to me when i'm driving and i don't know how i get from point a to point b because like i'll like totally like freaking zone out and then i like it's like my body is on autopilot and you like you said you never learn how to drive but i'm telling you right now this is one of the scariest things like i drive mm -hmm. somewhere and then i get there and i'm like i i don't even know what the hell i was thinking about but i got there and that's a really weird feeling that yeah. happens to you craig right yeah like i leave the garage and then i'm at work and it's like how did i get there like i drove through downtown somehow because you're thinking about a million other things but like your brain's doing its job I don't know. Some part of it's doing yeah. its job. Haven't what? gotten in an accident for a long, long time. So it's it's working. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Back when I was um, trying to, I went through very many potential, like a lot of potential careers. Mm -hmm. uh, I toyed with psychology for a little while. Mm -hmm. 
one of the things I learned when I was studying psychology is that that is a very common experience. And it's part of it is the brain filtering out things. So your brain can't possibly remember every single thing you do. So the mm -hmm. brain is constantly filtering out things that are like less important. So mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that you uh, like were checked out during the drive, but mm -hmm. your brain is like, I do this drive every day. I don't need to store every yeah. detail of this drive. Um, so I just, another... Isn't that interesting? My husband would think that is very interesting because I can bring up shit from like 16 years ago. And he's like, how the hell do you remember that? But it'd be like something really dumb like that happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? But my brain holds on to that tray. Why does it remember that? Like, I remember he didn't like if he didn't share a milkshake with me or something like 16 years ago. I'm like, remember that time? that I wanted to sip. <laughs> That's actually never happened. It's never happened. I have to say that because my husband does listen to every episode of the podcast and he'll be like, I cannot believe you said I didn't share some with you <laughs> because he has always, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, like brains hold on to weird stuff sometimes. And I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I did the psychology thing for like a year, so I can't even begin to answer. Okay. Well... That's a year two question. <laughs> my goodness my mom thought she was a psychologist she's an old italian woman she thought she was everything trey i don't know like how common that is for people to have that in their families but in a, in italian families it's very common like we all have like the mother thinks like she's a doctor she is a psychologist she is a lawyer she is a teacher like she's everything and like she's the end all be all answer for everything so if she were here she would give me the reason for why my brain was based on nothing except for her own opinion which she would spew as a fact by the way <laughs> the most dangerous kind of person the person who spews something as fact that knows nothing <laughs> for sure um but i oh you know what you could ask him a question sure i can ask a question since we've veered over to like new york city as a topic um i'm very curious uh, you've lived there for about a year now, I think. Yes. What is your favorite part about New York City? Um, I think just like there's always something to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I might not always go out and do these things, but like I know they're there. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a very big like diversity of food, which I really uh. Um, I think someone once told me if you ate at every restaurant in New York City, it would take you like 73 years. Oh. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Like, I like those options, even though I yes. know I'll never get to even half of them, but I, I like that they're there. <laughs> well, you're perfect because that was another question that I had because I was with your Instagram feed, you know, I'm always messaging you about your food. So I want to know what the best thing is that you have eaten in. It can be in New York City, but you also sent some pictures. Was it Texas too recently that you went to? Where was that recently that you went to? What was it? It was something you, you had posted something and I was like, what was that? It was huge. It was Oh, that was that was a that was a Texas themed restaurant. Oh, it was a Texas themed <laughs> restaurant. Okay. I'm yeah. like, do you go to Texas too? <laughs> I, um, my I had a friend who was is moot or was moving away from New York mm -hmm. and she was 
it, she's now living in Texas. Mm -hmm. For her going away party, she went to the most like offensively themed Texas restaurant she could find. Um, and that was that was it. It was just a lot of Texas and the drinks were super Texas sized. Mm -hmm. uh, drinks as big as your head, um, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> they looked amazing. They looked amazing. It looked amazing. And it was really early in the morning though when you said it, when you posted it. And I was like, well, that's a little early for me, but I think I could still get down with that. <laughs> but what uh, is the best thing that you've eaten so far, you think? That's a good question. I I'm really partial to I guess it's not really an answer to the question. I I really like Indian food. Mm -hmm. I'm always for Indian food. Mm -hmm. Um and I've been on a constant quest to find like my spot here mm -hmm. i haven't found it yet um mm -hmm. if anyone's listening and they know indian food restaurants in new york find me on the internet just give me your suggestions um mm -hmm. that's something I'll, I'll, i'm always looking for mm -hmm. uh, the best thing i've had is probably there's this little pie shop i think it might actually be called the little pie shop mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. honestly like the best pie i've ever had in my entire life really that little pie shop yeah it was um i think i had a, like a sour cream dutch apple pie oh, it was just yeah. like i don't know what they did to that crust but it was, it was yeah do you like a flaky crust or a crummy crust i think i could appreciate them both but i'm mm -hmm. partial to the flaky crust I yeah me too yeah. like buttery flaky goodness like i love it Warm or cold pie? Warm. Cold, uh, I guess it depends on the flavor, but warm mostly. I like warm too. Cool Whip or no Cool Whip? Cool Whip. Yeah. That's yeah. how you roll. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. We can have pie together someday then. Because <laughs> I want the warm pie with like the Cool Whip on top for yeah. sure. My husband's pie, like he'll like, <laughs> he's like easy on the pie, heavy on the Cool Whip. So they're like three scoops of Cool Whip and like this tiny ass piece of pie. <laughs> but Craig doesn't like um, fruit that much in dessert. You like pie though, Craig? I can't remember if uh, we talked about pie. I'm iffy on pie. My stepdad makes a ton of pie when he's in town. Um, so to answer your questions that you didn't ask me, um, I prefer my pie cold because I find... I was going make... to ask you next. Oh my God. I was going to ask you. Did you hear me first? I asked you about the pie to see if you even like pie. And then when you gave me that answer, I was going to say cold or warm and then i was going to say it because why would i ask someone if they like what? their pie cold or warm first if i don't even know they like pie because my best friend told me he does not like fruit in desserts so how did i start the question how did i start the question true, true. I started you like pie yes uh <laughs> so i prefer cold pie because i find the flavors are better and cold mm. pie i find when it's warm the flavors aren't as vibrant um mm -hmm. At least with apple pie. Yeah. Um, I don't really eat Saskatoon pie, um, which is the other thing he makes, or rhubarb pie. I what don't... the hell is a sa what's a wait, what's a what? What's a Saskatoon pie? Question. No. <laughs> uh I think in your country they're known as June berries or service berries. Nope. Don't know either of those. And I bet you Trey doesn't either. Do you know I've, them? I've heard of June berries. I what's a June berry? Heard of the application. So they're kind of like they're kind of like a woody blueberry. I guess would be the way to describe it. Um, oh. So they grow wild 
all over the place. Like you can just Ooh. put a park over there and pick buckets and buckets, but really? we've got a couple of bushes in our front yard. Um, and we get bigger, juicier ones here. Nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I so, like cold pie, but I don't really. Would you like Cool yeah. Whip on your pie, best friend? So, yes or no? We're not allowed to have Cool Whip when we're over there. It's always homemade whipped cream. Okay, um, well, that's fine. So I have homemade whipped cream. Would you would you like the homemade whipped cream on your cold pie, best friend? I would like the homemade whipped cream on my pie. Uh, and then my Easy. stepdad also makes like pumpkin pie. But if we don't have Ooh. pumpkins, he makes it for, like he mashes a pumpkin himself. Mm. Um, but if he doesn't have pumpkin, he'll make it from butternut squash. And mm. it's really good. Like you wouldn't yeah. know it's like, OK, so weird off topic story. We were having dinner at my parents' house or my mom and my stepdad's house. And he served this butternut squash pie, but he called it pumpkin pie. Mm -hmm. my sister came over she ate it she's like this is really good and I told her oh it's not pumpkin mm -hmm. and just left it at that and she's like mm -hmm. oh my god is it cat food <laughs> <laughs> but uh the other thing I want to jump in with Trey I think you would quite enjoy Winnipeg believe it or not because Winnipeg has the best restaurant culture in Canada here right. you'll find all like the little mom and pop owned restaurant different uh food ethnicities all over the world um and i think i have the most popular indian restaurant just down the street from me oh it's not a eat in place it's a takeout but it's like cold takeout like you take it home and you reheat it there's constantly a traffic jam at the end of my street all day every single day all the like people from india go there see that's how you know it's the right one yeah that's that sounds promising yeah wow okay people, mind if i'm ever there <laughs> yeah not sure. many people come to winnipeg so if you're ever stuck here because your plane like made a detour <laughs> um what does a typical day look like for you trey do you make time to write every day or do you not get to write that often Oof. um I try to make time. Um, I feel like I'm rarely successful at that. Um, every so often I'll get in a groove and I'll write every day. Um, I am a big fan of NaNoWriMo. So I feel mm -hmm. like most of November I am writing every day. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, um, I feel like last last month I was in a good groove where I was writing every day for a few weeks mm -hmm. yeah and I moved and then things got a little hectic and then I yeah. stopped writing so yeah I mean yeah I guess short answer is no I do not write every day yeah. but I tell myself that I should yeah well, are you uh are you a write at home or write in the coffee shop or do you have other routines tied to your writing I am I most often I write at home. I did try the writing in a coffee shop of a few times. I feel like it worked for me, but I also felt like I was spending too much money at the coffee shop. That is the <laughs> risk, yes. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there, was, there was there was a little bit of a double-edged sword there. 
Yeah. We started um, doing writing sprints. We do writing sprints once a week now together. Um, but we did, I don't know if you saw it on our, our post, we did the, uh, the Hemingway experiment a couple of weeks ago. Didn't work out that well for me. Worked out well for Craig. I had like, just fine. I had like 45 mistakes. Like I called the main character of my story, the wrong name, like 20 times when I wrote. And then, uh, there were way too many errors to count, but I always think it's interesting. Um, the, just the different methods that people use, you know, when they're writing. So I know like for us, it works really well because at least we have dedicated time once a week that we're going to sit down and make sure that we write. So we usually do like two sprints, like back to back 20 minutes each. Um, so that's helped. I know like for Craig and I, cause we were writing like sporadically, you know, but mm -hmm. it's just different, you know, cause some people don't like the pressure of having a schedule either. Like some people, if you tell them like, Hey, we're going to do a sprint this week. They're like, Oh no, I, I can't be told what I'm going to write. Like I have to write when inspiration hits, but you know, it works for us. When you guys do it, you guys, you guys sit down together and like, write. yeah, yeah. yeah. that I find really helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, I used to be a part of a writer's group who would meet i want to say once a week and we would just mm -hmm. sit in silence on zoom and we, yeah. would all, and we would do a check-in at the end and yeah. then we'll be like i didn't really get much done or sometimes we'd be like i got this much done and it was just really yeah. nice to like be not only in community but like have other people there to hold you accountable like yeah. you're and you're like we're all here to write so like you have no excuse but to write mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it's a difference in people too. Cause like, you know, you have those groups and those people, sometimes they're good for people. And then, like I said, there's people who are like, this is too much pressure for me, but you know, but I think, I think they're super helpful. Um, oh, you know what? That was my question. Do you need to ask a question? No. Oh, I need to ask a question. Um, yes, you do. So are we going back to off writing? We can question? go to whatever we want. Okay. This is our show, Callie and Craig, whatever uh, we want. Okay. But we can't um, keep him hostage that much longer. 38, 48. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, oh, let's jump to this one. Tell us about the Ana project. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the Ana is a literary magazine. Um, it's, we've been going for about four years now. Um, so the Ana was originally started by our lovely editor-in-chief, London Pinckney. Um, she really wanted to, so she started the magazine with a bunch of people that we were in school with, and we were all in school for creative writing. And one thing that you kind of realize when you're in like the writing academic space or just the literary world in general, um, is that there's a lot of um, tokenism and exploitative like relationships with mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the things that like we were reading or like the that the literary canon like elevates from like brown writers or queer writers are all really like tough and traumatic and like mm. my identity brings me pain kind of thing. Yeah. London really wanted to make a, a literary space where queer and writers of color weren't like expected to write from a place of pain. Um, so she just wanted to make a space where writers and artists can just exist. 
she created, mm -hmm. she created the Anna, and we like to say that it is a celebration of humanity. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like you bring you in the form of your art, and then we will look at it and publish it. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. <laughs> she started that about four years ago. Um, and I came on during the second issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we publish three online issues a year and then one print issue. And it's like the best of um, the previous issues of that year, mm -hmm. uh, along with like some exclusive print uh, materials. Yeah, we publish like all kinds of, we've published fiction, uh, nonfiction, like any prose, poetry, and visual art. Um, oh, cool. So, thank you. Yeah. So do you guys accept submissions like all year long? Or yeah, basically. Um, pretty much on a rolling basis. Um, when one submission period ends, um, the next one will open up fairly soon after that. That's really cool. Uh, I love so that. Where, uh, where can people go to find out about the Honor Project? So uh, you can find us uh, at We Are The Anna. Um, Anna is spelled A-N-A. -A. Um, on all social media, Instagram and Twitter, We Are The Anna. And then you can also find us at WeAreTheAnna.com. That's so exciting. I love that. I love that. I love that she decided that. And I love that you were there, like, basically from the beginning, right? Yeah, pretty much. I was, I was published in the first issue. And then between the first and second issue, um, she was expanding the team and she asked me to come on. Uh, so I'm on the I'm on the fiction side. Mm -hmm. uh, and then my other fellow fiction editor, Santos, and I, we read the fiction and prose submissions and we select what will be published. Well, now you brought up poetry and I have to say this because, and I know this is not, it's not related to the Anna. So forgive me, but I have to know. Um, but so did you do anything fun for Valentine's Day? Because whenever I think about Valentine's Day, I think about poetry and you mentioned all this lovey mushy stuff that just made me feel all warm. So I got to ask if you did anything for Valentine's Day yesterday. Uh, me and my partner are currently long distance. So we, oh. um, yeah, he's also in school, which is the reason for the distance. Mm -hmm. uh, he was busy. And then we're not together. So we didn't really get to do anything. Mm -hmm. um, I sent him a little Valentine's in the mail. Cute. <laughs> yeah, what I did for the actual day, me and my housemate, we ate Valentine's desserts and watched Red, White, and Royal Blue. Dip. What kind of dessert did you have? Uh, cheesecake and chocolate-covered strawberries. Yes! My hero! Oh my God, I love cheesecake so much. <laughs> it's so good. I did not have cheesecake yesterday, though. We Neither had... did I. No, Craig and I did not have a romantic Valentine's Day. <laughs> because Craig did... What did we... Oh, we did sprints. Yeah, yeah we did sprints for oh. Valentine's Day. That's what we did. So we did think... sprints. Yeah. There's something romantic about like yeah yourself to art on Valentine's. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, and then we and then we did reading after, and we played games. So actually, you know what? We had a great Valentine's mm -hmm. Day. We did. We didn't eat any junk food though. That's you know, Craig. Next, Valentine's oh, I uh, my husband and I went to get Mary we Brown, so like fried chicken okay. sandwiches. Okay. So I had some junk. I'm talking about dessert. I'm oh, saying yeah. the next time so for Valentine's Day we the... have dessert. Yeah, the guy at the Mary Brown's Chicken gave us free cookies. So Aww, I did have nice dessert. guy. 
what yeah. a nice person. I did not have dessert yesterday. What did I have? I don't I think. Oh, I had chicken and potato skins yesterday. So it wasn't very romantic, but it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no cheesecake for Callie yesterday. But I'm glad you had cookies. Thanks for telling me about the freaking cookies. I didn't have a cookie. It was like that tiny it was a tiny oh, tiny cookie okay well that's why you didn't mention it okay yeah because yeah, otherwise I w- i'm like we didn't talk about you having cookies what the <laughs> hell well because craig loves cookies that's like craig's mm-hmm. favorite dessert to have is cookies so that's why i'm saying you didn't even tell me you had cookies because i'm like they should have been good anyway um i do want to ask you just a few more questions and then we'll let you get out of here because I, I don't want to keep you hostage all night i'm sorry i could though because I'm having so much fun with you. <laughs> um, do you, and I think I asked you this question. Oh, wait, you know what? I'm going to let you choose. How about this? Let's flip this around. Do you want a writing question or do you want a New York City question? And it's totally up to you. I won't carry it away because I have so many questions here. So it's Let, up to you. Let's do a writing question. Okay. Do you listen to music when you write? Sometimes. Um, I think it usually really depends on the mood. Um, most often I will not. Um, mm. but if I really feel like I need to be in like an atmospheric headspace, um, I'll put on music. Yeah. And yeah. I try to cater the music to what I'm writing. Mm-hmm. Um, just so that way it's like, I don't know if it actually does, but in my mind, if the music can influence the words hit hit the page, then yeah, very useful. Yeah, it does that for me. I have like a couple. So I have a couple songs, um, and I've said this a few times, so it's probably super boring for anyone who listens to the podcast. Um, But I a lot of times I just listen to music. Um, I listen to a lot of J pop and K pop and C pop. So I don't understand the lyrics, but I can feel what they're saying. So that puts me in the right headspace. And it actually works better for me because I'm not listening to the lyrics. So I'm not being influenced by what someone's saying, but I can feel the emotion. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, that does. That's really smart. I never thought about that, but I do I do get distracted by lyrics sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm big into lyrics. So <laughs> if I'm listening to lyrics, then I'm not going to work on the writing. But yeah, like there's, um, do you watch anime? I can't remember if we've talked about that before. You watch any anime or no? Um, I do on occasion. Yeah. Yeah. There is an anime and it's, it's horrible. Okay. So I'm not advocating that anybody should watch it. It's called 86. Okay. Wait, before anyone says they hate me because I said that their favorite anime is horrible. It is a very good anime. It is very sad. It is very, very sad. Like, like I cried, like I couldn't even make it through the whole show, Trey, because I was crying way too much. Like it was just too depressing. Um, but there is a song I have yet to translate the lyrics because it makes me cry so much. And I don't even know what the hell she's singing about, but it makes me cry. Like, cause I can just feel like the pain, you know what I mean? So anytime that I needed to write something that, which I also, I'm not a very sad writer, I try not to write things that invoke sadness too much just because I feel like I just, I like to be happy. So I want people to be happy. I like to live in my little fairy world where everyone's happy, you know, um, there's cotton candy everywhere. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so yeah. So, but when I was writing anything sad, I would put that song on and then I'm like, <laughs> but it's like, it works every single time. So 
I definitely listen to music when I write, but yeah, not music I can understand. Craig, why don't you tell Trey what kind of music you listen to when you write certain things? So I know what you're getting at. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> so back when I was a teenager, I was really big into like Christian pop and Christian rock. And so my iTunes is filled with this stuff and I'm too cheap to buy music nowadays. So I just listen to like Christian pop and rock while writing Dirty Erotica. Like I'm writing the filthiest stuff and I have praise and worship music in my ears. If it works, it, it worked. Craig. Okay. But to be fair, I have a Spotify dual plan that he's allowed to use the other half of i just have to show him how to use spotify so and it's been like it's been like two months now i i has it been like two months craig that we've been pushing this off i think so i feel like we have like a task list every day that we go through trey and like the tasks just roll you know but like the one of them is the spotify it just like keeps going like i'm like oh shit i forgot to show you how to use spotify again so I got to get him set up and then maybe he'll have some other music. I don't know. From the praise, praise and worship. Yeah. So yeah. I, I do listen to other stuff as well. Yes, There's a yes. web radio station that I listen to that does acid jazz. So I listen to that quite a bit. Yep. Yeah. Gonna get, yeah. We're going to get you signed up for duo, buddy. I don't. Yeah. We're going to get you signed up. Don't worry. You know what acid jazz is? I don't so mm -mm. it's not actually jazz everyone is like "Ooh, it's jazz it's, it's not jazz uh short description it's when you mix two genres together so oh. quite often i'm listening to something that's like a bit of a mix between world music and electronica oh quite often sometimes yes. it'll be jazz that has a bit of a a beat that you don't find in jazz um yeah. so it's wide-ranging uh, and it's weird sometimes, which I enjoy. Sometimes it's too weird. And I go over to the praise and worship music. <laughs> Will you? Um, we have another question. And um, you guys were best friends. I'm going to ask you. Can you ask him the question that I wanted to ask? Because it's your turn to ask a question. But I want you to ask it. I don't I don't want to waste too much time. But will you ask him the question that I wanted the most? <laughs> uh, is it the one where I was asking clarification on the question? No, I don't know. It was the one that I said. I love asking people that. Frank. <laughs> Hang on. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I said, I was like, you were like, oh, I like that question. And I'm like, I love asking people that question because I think it's so interesting to find out their answer. <laughs> we're a well-oiled machine here, Trey. Oh my God, forget it. I'm going to skip your turn. Uh, yeah, you can skip my turn. I think I'm thinking <laughs> of the wrong one. Are you? Okay. Who do you trust to read your stories before you submit them to publishers? Who's the person you trust the most? Well, oh God, uh, unless that's going to get you in trouble for saying who you trust the most, but, or just who do you usually let read your stories before you submit them? If that's better. Yeah. Um, I think... Currently, there's not really anyone who's reading my stuff before it's submitted. I oh. hold things really close. Yeah. The chest. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a little superstitious. Um, and I feel like if I share too much about something before it's like on the way, like before it gets that yes, I mm -hmm. jinx myself. Oh, um, yeah. Very often, 
keeping like the actual words to myself. Um, I will say though, when I started writing, um, like actually seriously writing stories, um, my friend Hannah um, was like always one of the people I was sharing words with. And she was, she was writing at the time too. And she was always sharing with me. So we were like always sending things back and forth to each other. That was really <laughs> that's so cute. I love that. Yeah, I, I feel that way too. I I like, I, I show my husband my stuff and I, well, obviously Craig, because Craig is, you know, Craig's mm -hmm. everything. I, I, you can't even define it at this point. Craig does everything for me. That's it. So Craig gets to see the story all the time. But that must be really exciting for you then. Then when you get to go through the editing process, because you're actually getting like feedback on your story then for like the first time, right? Um. Yeah, more. Yeah, usually. Uh uh, the first time, um, I, I was in school for quite a few years, but mm -hmm. I never really like shared excerpts of novels in class. So like mm -hmm. things like feedback on in class were things that were like written for class. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, like, I think that that is probably part of the reason why the editing process is really exciting just because I get to see how someone else is reacting to it, see how things are landing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's also stressful, but like it's yeah. fun, but it's also very stressful. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. Don't you say mm -hmm, like you know? Uh, well, I, I don't let anyone. I don't let anyone read my writing. I don't let my husband read it. Um, I don't think he's read a single book of mine. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, no, you're not allowed. <laughs> I feel like. I don't know, maybe things are different for you guys. Um, I feel like people who are like closer to you are, okay, let me, I was listening to a writer do a talk once and he said, if you ever have a secret you wanna keep from your family, put it in the middle of your book. <laughs> <laughs> because, he was bringing up a good point that like people in your life might not be really more or less aren't reading your stuff um, and mm -hmm. I feel like that can be kind of true mm -hmm. cases like Craig where you just won't let them <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I have um my husband like I, he lets me read everything to him but we just like trade off Trey. Cause like, if he wants like a head massage, then I just have my phone open. I'm reading the, the manuscript and I'm just like massaging his head. So that's how it works. Like <laughs> he's like, my back's hurting. And I'm like, sure. I'll rub your back if you listen to the story. So then I just read the manuscript. Like he's heard, you can call me Cooper. Like I don't even, I probably couldn't put a number on it. Like maybe a hundred times now he's heard the whole story from beginning to end. And it's a long ass story. But yeah, aside from him, then no, I don't, there's no one else. Feedback? Does he tell you his opinions on things? Or he does. Uh, well, you know what? And I said, I said this in the beginning, um, I've said it on another episode, but what works really well for us is that I tell him what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. So, cause there was one time where he made a mis he made a mistake and I said something and he was like, oh, I don't really know if that should be like, and I was like. I'm sorry, what did you just say? I don't know, I didn't know. I wasn't asking like if you thought it should be that way. So, and that was like the first, first time like when I had written the story, like it was probably like I was a like a like a chapter in or so. And then from then on, you know, I said, 
when I read to you, I will tell you what I'm looking for. So I'll ask, you know, I'll say, I want you to just tell me if this flows. If it flows and it doesn't sound disjointed, that's what I want to know. Or, you know, at the end of a chapter, I'll say, how did this character come across? So it's just being very careful about saying like what I want, what the feedback is that I want. Because, yeah, I don't want him to be like, oh, that sucked. Because if he says that sucked, then he's not going to get a back rub, right? <laughs> and I'm going to be pissed off. <laughs> but he he would never. But you know what I mean? I think it's important to just say what you want. And then that that works really well for us. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. But yeah, no, I don't know. And then for Craig, I have to beg for feedback. So it's the opposite. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, what do you want? Tell me anything, anything that you got. Tell me what you got. Can, did this come out? And then my husband's like, but you trust everything that Craig says? I'm like, yes. Whatever Craig says is fine. The, there's times, Trey, like when we're in the parking lot and I'm about to get hit by a car. It's probably happened three times now because like people drive terribly here. So like there'll be like a, an elderly person coming in, like in the spot behind me. And I'm like, tell Craig, he can do whatever he wants, but he can't make this couple fight. I don't care about anything else. And my husband's like, I am so tired of your last words being <laughs> that you're leaving your stuff, Trey. <laughs> but I do you know it's nice for me because I do have someone that I trust you know and yeah. I do trust Craig like and I trust him just a hundred percent with my manuscript so whatever he tells me to do I'm gonna do which is pretty cool to have someone that I trust that much but yeah so it is. I hope you remember that when I edit your book yes I will keep that in mind Okay, well, I don't think it extends to everyone, okay? I don't think everyone sees you the way that I see you. <laughs> you have to build that with people, okay? But yes, Trey, you should trust him. He's a great writer and a great editor. So, you know, sure. Hi, baby. Oh, the kitty's here. Hi, Shiger. Shiger, say hi to Trey. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hmm, hmm. So handsome. Ew. All right. Do you have anything else you want to ask him? Maybe this could like not be in the podcast, but I know you really wanted to know what Corbin Blue was like. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I did. That's fine. Thank you for reminding me. That's I did. What, when I was confused over which question you wanted, that's what I was thinking. Oh, uh, you're such a good bestie. See, he knew. <laughs> he knew. Okay. So, yeah. Um, do you want me to say this on the podcast or when we cut it out? Because I want to know uh -huh. the truth. <laughs> I, I don't know if I have much to say oh it was really nothing okay well that's was, fine then I'm gonna keep it in was he super nice when you met him he well, he was very nice I um I went to see Little Shop of Horrors and he was in the show oh. so I hung around after to meet him and get him to sign my playbill um mm -hmm. and we it's freezing cold it's the middle of the night and we're standing out in a crowd of a bunch of theater slash high school musical fans trying to see Corbin Blue. Constance Wu was also on the show, so people were trying to see her too. Um, and we're standing in the front of this crowd, but there's like a partial gate in front of the theater. Um, mm -hmm. And the security guy at the door tells us, um, if you go to the end, uh, you'll still get a chance to talk to him, but you won't have this gate. Like, it'll be like a more, like, yeah, experience. So we go to the end. We go fully to the end. We're the last people in line. Um, so he comes out. He's one of the last people to come out of the theater. Um, and he comes out and he goes through this entire line of people and he gets to us and he 
thanks us for like waiting like so like that was really nice like he was like really appreciative that we wanted to see him that much and proud to take pictures with us and sign the things he was it was a nice interaction Oh, that's cool. Ah, I I thought he looked nice. He has just such a friendly face, you know, and like, plus, like, I don't know. I, I don't want to like bring up age. I mean, age isn't that big of a deal usually for some people, but was high school musical popular for you or did you miss that time? Like, was that, was it too young for you or was it the right? No, time? I was, I was right in there. Um, I honestly can't remember how old I was when it came out, but I know like it was people, everyone around Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. me. Yeah. I always just like picture him doing the baseball dance, like during the, like, whenever I saw him, I was like, yeah, I don't dance. Like, and he had the, the baseball bat, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a cultural moment for <laughs> me and my, the people around me. yeah. I liked him so much in that. I really did. I, I like that. It's been so long since I've seen it though. Like, I wonder, have, have you watched it in a long time? I wonder how it holds up. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I have watched it since it came Since it out. was Because good, that's not right? Yeah, I I think I I did sit down with some people and like watch half of the first one just for funsies. Uh, We laughed. Yeah, because it's funny how something like, you know, during its time, like it's good. <laughs> And then like as it ages, you're like, oh, this is real bad. This yeah. is <laughs> real bad. So I was wondering if that was one of those things, you know, like if we watch it now, we're like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm glad to know that he was nice. And Constance, whoa, I bet, was really Yeah, nice she, too. Yeah. they were both really good. Um, I think I forgot what Corbin Blue's voice sounded like, Oh, but really? seeing him perform like live, like he has like this really full bodied voice that just like really st stole the show. <laughs> Mm, that's cool. I, yeah. really cool I wasn't sure where you were going when you said full-bodied because I was like he I didn't haven't seen him lately I only said he was like bundled up in the picture you know what I mean <laughs> I wasn't sure where we were going but I'm glad that I'm glad um so thank you for that and thank you so much for coming on the podcast with us it was so nice to meet you and it was just so nice to have you here and to chat with you And like to learn all about everything. And I'm so excited about your book with Dreams for Your Next Year. Like that's just the coolest. I was, yeah, thank you for having me. I was really happy to be here. I've been listening to the show, so it was really nice to be on this side of it. Oh, cool. Thank you. We appreciate that. And then before we let you go, will you tell people, well, before we let you go, I'm going to remind everyone that Trey is the featured author for the Departs YA newsletter that will be coming out on the 19th of this month. So if you are not signed up for the newsletter, you need to go to www.departsya.com and sign up for the newsletter so you can learn even more about Trey. And now, Trey, would you tell people where they can find you? Yes, uh, I am on Instagram, um, calming underscore insanity. And then I'm on Twitter as Trey underscore the underscore author. I hope I'm remembering my um, ats correctly. <laughs> <laughs> if not, then in the um in the podcast page where it says um like who the guest is, it'll have it. So they could click that. So they could click that. So that'll be fine. So don't worry. But yeah, thank you again so much for joining us. Yeah.
uh, we had a fantastic time. It was great to meet you visually and auditorially because um, we've communicated online for well over a year now. So yeah. it's, it's always interesting to see and hear someone for the first time, especially someone so interesting. That was I really enjoyed our conversation today. Yeah, me too. Me too. And now it's time for coffee with Callie and Craig. I had fun. I had a fantastic time. Trey is he always has such interesting stuff to say. Yeah, yeah. I I really like him. I'm such a fan, but you know, he was really interesting. And I, you know, like since I came from Long Island, I love hearing about the city because we really didn't go to city that much when we were kids. Um, mm -hmm. So it's interesting to just hear like how different it is because like New York's really not that big of a place. Yeah. You know, like if you look at the size of the state, but it's really like two different worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Like I come from a small city, like we're city, um, but we're not that big, but I've always liked visiting big cities. And mm -hmm. I think New York is a place I'd like, especially after the things he's said about it. Yeah. I've always wanted to go like during Christmas time. I've always wanted to go to the city and go like shopping there, but I, you know, maybe someday, who knows? Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then the next episode coming up is going to be another one of our authors, but that is a Deep Desires Press author. Yeah. So we might get a little spicy on that episode. Yeah, we might. And that is Jordan Clayton Lewis will be joining us uh, to talk about his new book. Uh, Such a Small World. It's mm -hmm. a sequel to When Things Happen Together. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we'll get to talk to him. And if you don't follow Jordan Clayton Lewis on Instagram, you really should be following him too, because he has some of the most fantastic pictures I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, he's always somewhere interesting. I know. Like, I can't wait to talk to him about that because I don't, his life looks like a fairy tale. Like, it's so, like, everything is gorgeous that he takes pictures of, like, this breathtaking waterfalls and stuff. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that with him. Um, so yeah, that will be next. Um, we let Trey go and we did not have him give us the final thought. So I knew that we were going to have to do the final thought. So I think I have one ready if I, you're okay with me taking it on. Mm -hmm. I'm always okay with you taking it on. It needs less work for me. <laughs> yeah. So the key part about writing that I got from that discussion with Trey was if you're writing something and it's just not working or it's not clicking or it's not something's off about it, take a step back and ask, are you writing the right story? Is it your story? Does it reflect the characters you want to create? Does it reflect the cultures uh, or the plots that you want to showcase? Are you writing your story? And if you're not, then maybe you want to do that little bit of reframing, restarting, mm -hmm. find the authentic you in that story, and it'll probably work a lot easier from there on in. Mm -hmm. That's good advice. Good job, Bestie. Uh, well, we have to thank Trey for that, because that's basically me parroting what that's he said. That's true. It's true. It's true. Well, you know what that means, though. That means we're just going to have to have Trey on the show again. Probably. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's got a book coming out in February 2025. So we yeah. put him on the calendar for then. That's and that's about how far we're backed up with guests. So yeah, I think are. that yes. will I think that will work out really, really well. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. And Craig, where can people find us? They can find us on Twitter, X, and uh TikTok at Callie Craig Talk, which is C A L I C R A I G T A L K. That's right. 
Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye, though, but bye. For real, bye. Bye. Okay, <laughs> okay bye.